Welcome to LG Transparent Conversations, the traveling podcast series powered by LG Electronics USA that brings crucial conversations about student-athlete mental health directly to campuses and beyond. I'm Taylor Rooks, and today's topic is mind and body, the connection between mental and physical health. And I am thrilled to be joined today by our panelists, Dr. Lee Dorpfeld, Steve Walls, and Melanie Green. Hello everyone, my name is Taylor Rooks and I'm so happy to be here today for what I know will be another enlightening and important discussion. Welcome to LG Transparent Conversations, the traveling podcast series powered by LG Electronics USA that brings crucial conversations about student athlete mental health directly to campuses and beyond. And for our next episode, our third episode of season two, we are talking about mind and body, the mind connection between between mental and physical health. And this episode delves into the critical connection between one's mindset and physical health, sharing firsthand experience with how having a positive mental outlook impacts healing and recovery, and how student athletes can support themselves during both physically and mentally challenging times. And joining me to discuss this is an amazing panel. We have Dr. Lee Dorpfeld, Assistant Director of Athletic Medicine at University of South Florida and Director of Sports Psychology at USF. We also have Steve Walls, Associate Athletics Director, Director of Sports Medicine Football, Men's Golf at the University of South Florida. And we have the lovely Melanie Green, USF Women's Golf Senior, 2023 WGCA All-American Honorable Mention and 2023 American All-Conference Team. Thank you all so much for being here. I would love to really just dive right in and begin broadly with how your perspectives have shaped your view on this topic. So through your experiences as a sports psychologist in sports medicine, as a student athlete, how have those experiences shown you the connection between mental health and physical health? And I'll start with you. Sure. I think going all the way back, it was one of those things where coming up, we didn't have a lot of opportunities in my day. We didn't have a lot of focus on mental health or mental performance or any of those things. And the focus was always on being the tough person, having to get through injuries, getting through all the things that we do. And I think when we start to recognize that the biggest role that we have is the brain, right? The brain runs all of the stuff that we do. It helps in healing, it helps in your mood, it helps in doing all these different things. And when we start to look at how we can utilize the brain, our mind, our spirit, in all of the things that we do physically, it gives us a really, really powerful tool. Absolutely, that they are working together in all of the ways. What about for you? How have you seen the connection? Well, for me, it started early in college when I was taking some psychology, sociology courses in addition to the athletic training piece and seeing the differences of mind and body then. But then once I started practicing, of seeing it like play out in front of me live. You know, student athlete injured, they're struggling with their rehab, um, but they're doing everything physically they need to do. Uh, what's the other piece that, that wasn't working? And, and as experience went down the road, you saw, you know, maybe they weren't having a good day. There's a lot of uh, mental health psychology pieces that go into 
uh, a rehab and especially a long-term injury, something that keeps them out, something that keeps them away from their teammates, their coaches for a long time, and how that all can fit together um, so we can make a more holistic approach to getting them back to, to play. Absolutely, absolutely. So for your experience, just going a bit off that in terms of how the athlete is figuring out how to use mental health to their advantage, right, to make sure that their things are working in the way that they should in order for the physical to match in that way. How have you seen that connection? Yeah, for me, I mean, I don't have anywhere near the, the time span that they have experiencing this, but I would say the past few years since I'd say probably my spring year of freshman year, right? I got to work a little more closely with, with Dr. Lee and even Michelle, you know, our trainer, women's golf team, um, experiencing, you know, kind of the mind-body connection. I mean, it's it's kind of like this newer thing for me. I definitely didn't think about it in, in junior golf or, or before college, right? So I think um, just understanding that there is a connection and understanding that, you know, maybe because this isn't performing the way I want it to maybe it's because of something else right it's not I don't have to spend all these hours on the range trying to fix something that's not physical understanding that there is a journey of both physical and and how you approach it mentally I mean that I think that's been my biggest uh game changer and and seeing myself improve so yeah I would love to to hear more about that growth and that journey for you when did it change when did you get that realization that it is very important for there to be synergy between Um, these two things yeah I would love to say that there was a date and a time stamp and like (laughs) this is when it happened no it's just kind of I think and we'll talk about it later but there's this group that uh doc created a year two years ago three years ago three years ago um it's called building bowls we'll talk about it but uh it's a group of varies from what five to ten student athletes and we kind of just have this group where we talk about hey you know this is going on with me mentally or this is going on on my team how do you guys handle it it's just kind of a mental health group and it's just a bunch of cool people and we kind of talk about our own experiences right so i think uh having the experiences with other um student athletes and and my colleagues that have a lot more wisdom than I do on these certain topics. It's just, it's good to have that. So. I think I think for you specifically, what's pretty interesting was your introduction when you came here as a freshman. Yeah. And we had we were doing some stuff with your team. Yeah. Both on trying to connect the mind and the body, work on mindset, and do that kind of stuff. And robot the, and you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I think what's really interesting to watch with you is your acceptance into it. At first, it was kind of like, let me put my little toe in the water. Barely. See what kind of happens. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of see what happens if there's something here for me or not. And then being open-minded with the support of your coaches, your teammates, and your own curiosity, being able to then be like, okay, there's something here for me. I'm not sure what it is yet. I'm not sure what we're doing with it. But I do know that there's something here for me. And then your willingness to kind of ask a lot of questions, try some things that you did not necessarily like yeah, to try at the beginning. Exactly. And then being like, okay, this is where I can see this being part of my game and what can help me. I think it's interesting how you came to be like here to kind of like, okay, we're going to warm up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think it's definitely allowing yourself to be uncomfortable is the biggest thing that I can talk to you about with other student athletes. Like if you want to get better and and I certainly do, like that's the easiest way to do it is you, I mean, it's hard, don't get me wrong in the moment. Right. But when you look back, it's like, oh shoot, I'm super glad that, you know, i did put myself in that really embarrassing moment. Like it helped yeah. me learn for this moment, right? So just being able to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions to, 
to do the things that you want to do because it's an end goal that you're trying to get to. It's not a straight path, right? So yeah, totally. And that and that's such a great point. You know, even when I think about you know doing therapy, I'm a big advocate for therapy. If you have never tried it and you're thinking about it, it. I would deeply encourage it. Um, but that really resonates with me. You saying that it's important to be uncomfortable because I think for me at least that growth came when I made the decision that I had to be mm-hmm. honest with myself in the process. Yeah. I had to be honest with her in this process because that was the only way for me to transform or at least evolve in the ways that I wanted to or get better in the ways that I wanted to. And it's really beautiful being able to just hear you all talk about your journey and also the things that you all do on this campus to better support student athletes. But you said something I want to stick with a bit because it's interesting. You're talking about the work that you all were doing to improve the mind. What does that look like? It looks like as many different things as there are people that come into it. I think when we talk about mental performance and mental health, you're talking about a continuum, right? So I think one of the things that's really important is to create kind of a menu. When I, when I talk to recruits, when I talk to parents, when I talk to people about the work that we do, I kind of talk about it like you go to a restaurant and they give you a menu. Some days you just want the appetizers, right? I do, I'm just a little app. I'm good with this. Some days you want a full meal. Some days you just want the dessert. And being able to provide a wide range of ways that this looks for the individual athlete is really important because it allows them to come into a space where it's like, I don't know what I want or what I need, but I'm willing to try a little bit of this. Or some people come in with the stigma of mental health being you know, a negative thing and fear and confusion and, and that kind of stuff. But it's like, well, wait a second. If I can come in and I can work on building confidence, I can come in on reducing pressure. That's a different conversation than I'm used to when I come into the traditional therapist, psychologist's office and sit down and we start with the paper and pen and go, okay, tell me about your entire life. So I think when we create what we did here, and we did it with a lot of intention, is to create a continuum, whether that's life coaching, mental performance, mental health, it's a continuum, and our student athletes can come in at any place on the continuum. They can come in as many times or as few times as they need to come in for this and come back. So I think when we're looking at it, we have to look at it as a more uh, wide range of how we approach it than looking at it in any one box. And I think, you know, what that speaks to is that this is all tailored, that it is individual, that everybody is treated with their needs. And you are having conversations about what somebody needs in this moment. How does that show itself in your work, making sure people feel, you know, like individuals? Well, I think what Dr. Lee does with the program is one thing that really helps destigmatize student-athletes coming to see him is because it's not cookie-cutter. It's not the same thing. Uh, if, if one student-athlete is worried about, oh, I don't want to go talk to him because he's going to ask me about this, this, and this, that's not the case. And they're learning more and more about that. And it helps us on the physical side because then we can utilize his services down in the athletic training clinic when they're going through something physically. You know, and, and he does a great job of coming down during those times when, you know, they're going through the boring exercises that, um, you know, get mundane day after day. And um, sometimes that's enough, you know, that little bump to get them up in his office or even if they just have a chat while they're sitting on the treatment table. Sometimes the two or three minutes that he gets with them there is the spark that's needed to get them either up into his office or just start the conversation of, hey, I've been feeling this way or this isn't going how I thought it would. But I think the big key is that nothing is cookie cutter with 
the approach on this, whether it's mental or physical, everything has to be tailored to the individual, which means we have to get to know the individual a little bit as well, which is really the best part of our jobs. And I think I think that's where the relationships that we have, I mean, we've been together, you know, for about what, 12, 13 years now, but with our with our athletic medicine department as a whole and the amount of communication that we have, I have a re- relationship with each of our athletic trainers that work with all of our different teams. And it's a really cool thing when one of our student athletes is going through something, whether it be physically or emotionally, to have one of the trainers go, you know, we gotten to this point. I just think it might be a little bit helpful, but the athlete's hesitant to come, and he may, he or she may be like, mm, "I'm not sure I really want to do that." And they can be an advocate for having that piece, and they can be my first step towards somebody who's ap- apprehensive towards coming in to being like, "No, well, you're frustrated at your rehab. It's not going linearly. You're not back in the place that you want to be just yet. You've had a rough week." maybe we can talk about just that piece. And I think what we do really well, and it goes to kind of our whole staff, is there's a great buy-in of everybody working together to figure out where is the spaces that we need to be more on the mental health side and kind of coming in and giving a little jolt. Where do we have to be motivating? If we know they're going to have um, a rough day coming up, a trainer may say, why don't you pop in before they start today? I know we're going to be putting them through some really difficult things. Could be uncomfortable physically and painful, et cetera. Maybe just kind of having an opportunity to be there and just be supportive, talk them through it, or just deal with their anxiety about a next step or a test when we do some of the tests to see how far back they come. And I think that goes to the, the team that we do have, but also the way that we choose to interact within that team as well. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I would say you all's, you know, passion and intention is incredibly clear um, to me and I'm sure to to everybody that is that is in the program as well. I will say from a student athlete perspective, it's a lot easier to do things as a community than than by yourself. So so when they're talking about, you know, connections and and working together as a team, it's a lot easier for for us to handle whatever, you know, we're trying to we're going through at the moment. Right. Like it's a lot easier to do it as a as a family rather than, all right, I got to grind it out in the dirt by myself, you know? Like, yeah. So so I think they do a really great job on that as well. So Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that LG is always intentional about is discussing the power of community and the ways that positivity and the people around you really do impact your mental recovery or your physical, you know, recovery. How have you seen community show up in your life in the ways that you need here at USF? Yeah. yeah. Or just um, generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that that coming to US, like, that was a part of the plan for my life. Like, having the opportunities to meet the sports psychologist, meet the, the head of medicine, right? Like, it's just, um, I've been very blessed and fortunate to, to meet the people and that have the wisdom that I need to then further my career, right? I mean, my, my coach is over here watching, like, the support that we get from you know, our sports ADs and our coaches, like it's something that you can't um, just make out of nothing, right? Like you got to have that community around you to, you know, work towards your goal, right? You need the people around you and you're like, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. And the people that want to do it by themselves, I wish you the best of luck, but <laughs> I'm going to be over here with my people that got my back when I'm, when I'm feeling in a slump, right? So um, yeah, it's just, it's really important. I feel like I've always had a few people in my corner, but my corner has definitely um, grown since mm-hmm. since I've been in college, which is which is just really cool to see and yeah. just witness and think back to oh I only had my parents and my swing coach and <laughs> <laughs> I had a few friends in high school, but you know now I got 
all the sections covered. But to your credit as well, one of the things that you've chosen to do, and, and it's one of the things that makes it really fun to work with you, is the idea of you also look to build the community too. So you encourage other student athletes to join and get involved in things, whether it's SAC or it's some of the other organizations that you involve yourself in and trying to big, bring a sense of community to our whole athletic department. Yeah. You are one of the, the few people that is not afraid to go out there and be like, listen, come try this thing with me and we'll see if it works. And if you don't exactly. like it, like don't come back, whatever. But we talk a little bit about and, and maybe it's something you can talk a little bit more on is like some of the relationships that you've built across teams while you've been yeah. here because of the community that we build, but then you engage in. So I think one of the things that, that I'd like to hear you kind of share with everybody mm-hmm. is like your experience of that interaction with the other teams and building that sense of community among our student athletes. The first thing that you got to do is you got to try it, like mm-hmm. make your decision if you like it or not. Right. But I think the best decisions that, that I made coming here was having a conversation with you, like thinking like to myself after, you know, we met for the first or second or however many times, right. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's kind of got some connections. Maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's going to make my life here a little easier. Right. So I like this guy. <laughs> yeah. I like this guy. We'll keep him around. Right. Um, but I alluded to, to building bulls. I mean, that was a really great introduction to other student athletes. Right. So I got a, a softball friend, Megan Sheehan. She does psychology as well. She's up in, in Boston right now, but, uh, I mean, she's a great connection, right? She's super busy, but, I mean, she'll always make time for you. She's definitely a mentor. The first, you know, two years that I was here, when, when she was here, I guess up till sophomore year, too. I mean, my first three years here. Like, she was, like, my idol, essentially. Like, she was – she had, she appeared like she had it all together. Like, everything was – you know, it might not have been that way, but um, she does pretty good, right? Like, she's a good athlete. She's involved in her community. Everybody loves her. Like, she's just one. She's almost like the the really mature, like, I almost want to say class clown, but that's not like, a, <laughs> that's not like, like, she'll always make you laugh. She's always going to listen to you. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, she's always going to be there for people, right? Like, she's just really good at that. I mean, heck, there's been tennis players. There's been other softball players. Um, who else? We've had so- soccer players volleyball players like there there's so much football players football players exactly like there's so many people that we've met across across sports that you don't really get to see I feel like in other places I know here kind of the one area that the student athletes share is kind of the med the clinic and I know you know that's only a partial um, percentage of the of the student athletes because those are the people that are going through their own stuff right but for the other people like we're trying to create a community and we need a spot to do that right so we we made another group called building better bulls that's a a larger group we do that and so we attract a little more people there but yeah just allowing yourself to make the decision that you know you need more people in your corner you need to make those connections and you need to to have that community so I mean you just Moral of the story is you just got to allow yourself to, to make that decision. Like, why yeah. why count yourself out of of an opportunity that could really benefit you, right? At yeah. least say that you did it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't do it again, right? You wasted an hour of your time, 10 minutes of your time, right? But at least give yourself the opportunity to say, okay, this isn't for me, or say, oh, shoot, let's pursue this because this could be the reason that, you know, I hit my goal or whatever yeah. it comes to. And I also think, you know, building those communities, it shows people that they're not alone, right? They know that they can come to this place and people are open and vulnerable and honest. And 
talking about issues or things or, you know, sometimes the good things, right, that everybody is experiencing. Yeah. So it's really great that you have taken on, you know, one of those roles to be a connector. Yeah. And I'm sure that has impacted people in ways that you yeah. aren't even sure about. So For that's sure. really, really Definitely got to put your ego aside, though. <laughs> yeah. I will say, coming in from high school, I was like, oh, like, I got it. I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't need any help. We're good. But putting your ego aside and saying, you know what? It's okay to ask for help. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Like, you know what, Taylor, the, the coolest part about that is it's peer-to-peer. And, you know, we can talk till we're blue in the face. Our whole staffs can talk, coaches. But when they learn from each other how to make themselves better, that's when, you know, you see it really working. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I do want to talk more about, again, that connection between the mental and the physical. And of course, we all know that sports are unpredictable. And sometimes that unpredictability can lead to very unfortunate circumstances like being injured. And I want to hear more about the process that you all have laid out for athletes that are facing major surgery. But before I hear that, I would love for you to just contextualize the listener, the feeling that comes with facing a major injury or facing a major surgery and why it's important to understand the feelings around that to then have a program for people to be able to succeed. Sure. It's, you know, it's devastating, you know, for an athlete to go through a major injury because it's taking away part of who they think they are, you know. Um, And I've heard it on your previous podcasts about talking about the identity, you know, of the student athlete. And when that's taken away, how do they handle that? You know, some do fine. Um, they're, you know, they have a good mindset or, or whatever it takes for them to get through it. But others, um, you know, struggle with it. And I would say probably 100% of them have some sort of roller coaster with it one way or the other, with, whether they, they feel like they handle it well or not. So I think um, knowing that as, you know, a, a clinician going into their rehab, that they're going to have these ups and downs. And you almost look at it... <clears throat> kind of the, the stages of grief they, they'll go through. There's some anger, there's some acceptance, you know, denial, all of, all of that that Dr. Lee can, I'm sure, talk about better than I can. But um, it's knowing that going in and then giving them the resources for an outlet. So, again, if we would love to say, you know, it's mandatory for every student athlete that's going through a major injury surgery, you have to go see Dr. Lee or Gabby or somebody in, in our sports psychology department. But if we make it mandatory, it's probably not going to have us the effect. We want them to want to go. Yeah. So we, we encourage them. We provide the opportunity for them. Um, again, them just walking through our clinic on a daily basis, just saying hello, makes a ton of difference. And so it's not just oh, no, Dr. Lee's coming or Gabby's coming. It's, um, well, some of it is. Uh, (laughs) I've gotten some work. (laughs) But it's, um, you know, let me grab him for a second, you know, because I just, you know, had a rough day at rehab. My knee swelled up, you know, and and it set me back a day or so. So I think um, making sure the student athlete knows what their resources are going into surgery or season-ending injury or, you know, Fortunately, sometimes career-ending injuries as well. Mm-hmm. And so for you, what do you think is sort of the key in making sure these individuals feel as though there is more, there is a light at the end of this tunnel? It might not feel like it in this moment, but this will end. I think for me, 
Now I want to hear what Dr. Lee has to say about this too, is um, my experience. So I've been doing this for almost 30 years now, and um, I've been able to fortunately or unfortunately see a lot of these cases go through. So I draw a lot on that of, hey, we've had a case like this. He did fine. She did fine. This is how we got to that, that point. Um, and even some of the cases that maybe didn't turn out as well, we can look at it as, well, we shouldn't do that. You know, let's, you know, this is what happened in this last case. So for me, it's drawing on experience and then again, giving them the resources because maybe it's not me or one of the athletic trainers that, that they're necessarily divulging all their information to, but we want to give them somebody that can, they can. Yeah. And I, and I, I think, or I assume, it's the same in your experience, drawing from that experience to better understand. I, I think it is to a certain extent. I think we've had to become much more intentional with it, to be, to be completely transparent with you, is the idea of we have two things happening at the same time. You have the human development of the 18 to 22-year-old young adult who is going through their own developmental growth spurts, I like to call it, um, and just being here and going through being a Division One student-athlete, right? You also have a lot of firsts. And, you know, for a lot of our student-athletes, fortunately, and I guess to some extent unfortunately, it's like it could be the first time they've ever been hurt. They've been in a situation that they can't play. They're separated from their sport, which is part of their identity. They don't know what the future is going to bring. They hope for the best, fear the worst, go through all of those things. So you have the human part of them going through developmental stages and changes and dealing with that. Then at the same time, you have the athlete part of them going through okay, I've never not played a season, I've never been out, I've never had to do this kind of work in terms of rehab from the longer-term uh, injuries. But also, it's incredibly isolating to be pulled out from your team or your group and not having another place to put that stuff. So I think what, what really starts to pan out where the kind of the idea for our model comes from is the idea of let's address the, the most common and I'll say known things that we can expect that these young people are going to go through have a plan which is like a safety net so that they don't have to go, well, what's going to happen if I have a bad day in my rehab two weeks from now and I feel like complete crap? As opposed to we know we're doing some things on the front end pre-surgical. We know we're doing some things post-surgical and we know we have target points during rehab to make sure that we have these safety net checkpoints. And being able to do that, I think, is one of those things that Again, safety and security in a time of unknown is the big piece that I think really works well. Yeah, and it just even more speaks to the fact, to your point, this is a two-pronged situation, right? It isn't just that you are trying to get better physically. You are also trying to not just get better mentally, but make sure that how you are mentally is sustaining you throughout um, this rehab process. Well, and and one, thing, if I, uh, sorry yeah, absolutely. one thing I want to add, though, is I think another thing that we tend to do well, really proud of what we do in a lot of ways, but we also have other support areas that play roles in that as well. So when we look at some of our academic coordinators and our academic people, we look at our enhancing you and student-athlete development people, all of our resources, support services, have a role in our, the lives of our student-athletes. So sometimes it may not be they want to come talk to Dr. Lee or Gabby or Dr. Steve or anything. Like, they're cool going to talk to other people in our department that they also trust, that they also look to for support for different reasons. And then we have the opportunity to work together collaboratively through our care team to kind of bring all of that together and identify who and what is the best thing for that student-athlete at that time, encompassing not just 
our two roles, but also other support services that they connect to and feel safe and supported by. So I think when we do that, we're actually expanding more different ways to make touch points with the athlete to bring those two things of mental wellness, injury, health, all that stuff together too. Absolutely. You know, as we continue to, you know, discuss the synergy between mind and body, an athlete once said to me, just when he was talking about his experiences, he said he likes to sharpen his mindset because he has found that his mind quits before his body does. And I am not an athlete. I don't play a sport. This might sound silly, but I have even experienced that just if I'm working out, right? My mind is, okay, you have to stop, but I know my body could continue. But a lot of the time, my mind is overpowering my body in that moment. And I would just love to better understand why that is. Well, I worry more about when their physical <laughs> stops before their mind. So, um, you know, you, you encounter all different types of athletes. You know, we have almost 500 student athletes here, so that they all have their different personalities, their different work ethics, their different drive to succeed. Um, and, and again, I think providing that opportunity, whether it's they feel like their mind quits before their physical quits or vice versa, which is more concerning for me, um, is knowing that we can help them either way with that. So if, if they feel like it's more their mind and they can't push through that brick wall or whatever to get to the other side of where they want to be, then Dr. Lee can help with that. If their mind is just so hell-bent intent on doing something that their body can't keep up with it, then we can step in with that with our athletic trainers, our physicians, whoever we need to. So I think, again, it goes back to knowing your student athlete as best as you possibly can so that you know which type of person they are um, so we can treat them the best possible way. Absolutely. And do you have maybe, again, I know that it's very individualistic, but do you have maybe any tips to, to improve in that area? Is this where I point the finger? Yeah. Or <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I it's think Dr. Lee yeah. special. <laughs> um, I, I think first of all, to, to to the person you were referring to, the player you were referring to, and stuff. I think it's really interesting because I kind of look at it a little bit different. I look at it as the mind, the body will do whatever the mind tells it to. The brain is the most powerful organ we have. If you have the ability to make a decision, you can act on it. If you have the ability to push through, your body will respond. It's a it's kind of a cool loop. If we got into all the science of that, which probably not the the time to do all that. We don't have enough time to do that. But kind of like the brain gives messages to the body, the body sends messages back to the brain, all of those kind of things. But when I think about that, to, to try to answer your question to also about tips, we look about this idea of like mental toughness versus mental endurance. And one of the things that I don't think we talk enough about is developing, just like we do muscles, mental endurance versus mental strength. And I think that's a tip that we can work on. How do we work on our mental and emotional endurance? Because we've all been through things in our lives, whatever they are, right? And we've had to be strong through them. We rise to the occasion to do what we need to do. But what we forget is endurance over time. I can be strong for a period of time to get through this thing that I have to, but then my tank's empty. So one of the tips that I would, I would encourage or throw out to, to our listeners is the idea of thinking about mental endurance and how do I reload, just like putting gas in your gas tank. Sometimes we let it go down to that E and we let that light come on and see how far we can go. That's our lifestyles. That's the businesses that we work in. But oftentimes it's okay to fill it at a quarter tank. 
put it in at a half a tank, and recognizing what you need in those spaces to do it. It might be counseling or therapy. It might be meditation. It might be yoga. It might be other forms of ways that we give the, the mind and the body an opportunity to recharge and build that endurance over just strength. And I think that would be a tip I, I would throw out there is find different ways to um, rest and recover. Incredibly important. But how do we recover mentally becomes just as important as how strong we have to be for the things that we're trying to do. Absolutely. You know, literally not all of that, but I was going to say like, <laughs> I know we've had a few conversations on it, but like visualization mm. is really tiring if you actually do it. It's literally <laughs> exhausting. Going back to the, okay, your mind quits for your body. It's probably because you haven't worked your mind nearly as hard as you worked your body. So I think that's one of the big things. So yeah, all the things ditto, but then like, like, yeah, there's some stuff that you try to do you know, imagery, visualization, other stuff that we've talked about that are just way over my head. They go, Phew. but, um, <laughs> but like mental stuff is exhausting. If you really like work on it for, you know, even 10, 15 minutes, like it can be exhausting if you're doing it correctly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think it's just, point. you know, where do you spend your energy? Where do you spend that training? Do you spend it just on the physical or do you kind of mix it up? So I think, yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's where that endurance, that's right. Great. comes in, you know, I read an interview that you were doing in 2020, and you were talking about stress and pressure. Mm -hmm. And you said that these are not tangible. These are concepts. Yes, ma'am. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> sure. Happy to. And thank you for doing some research. That's cool stuff. So when I think about the concept of confidence and pressure, the two ones that I talk about the most, it's like, okay, I, I do kind of this thing where I, I introduce the concept this way. Okay, Taylor, you know, do you experience pressure? Yes. Excellent. Can you show it to me? No. <laughs> but you say you have it. Mm -hmm. So where is it? What is it? Question one. Question two is this. How much do you have? 10, 50, 100? It's not quantifiable, and it's not tangible. But it is such a big part of our dialogue. It's a big part of what we do and what we experience. So it's part of our experience. So how do we teach what pressure actually is? And then we can teach skills and tools to manage it. So when I talk about those kind of things, I talk about both confidence and pressure in that respect. It's like if confidence is our belief and our ability to execute a task with precision and consistency as opposed to perfection, we can get a whole thing on perfectionism. But if we're doing that, then our belief in doing it is also based on the number of times we do it and we do it correctly. Okay, well, if I do it more times correctly, I'm going to have that experience of believing in myself to do it. That's part of confidence. On the pressure side, pressure is really a combination of fear and doubt. Okay, so how do we manage that? We can experience pressure in the way of, I got a lot on my plate. I got seven things to do today. We were talking a little earlier about your schedule and coming and going and traveling and doing all that. Some people may experience that as, as pressure. Some people may think that's incredibly exciting and fun and let's go do it. So the other thing is how we label our experience, our emotional and mental experience. So the, the words that we use become incredibly powerful as we describe things that go on in the athlete lifestyle. I use an example with confidence. I'm like, okay, any of us that have ever played at any time has had a coach say to us, go out there and play with confidence today. Like, of course, what's the answer going to be? Okay, coach, I'm going to go do that. I have no idea what it means, but I'm going to go do it because it sounds great, and I'm supposed to know what that means and go do it. When we can make that tangible and then coach it and teach it, 
we're giving them more skills to, to Melanie's point about the idea of like working the mind and working the mental game becomes tangible the same way lifting weights does or doing rehab does and things like that. So that's where I'm coming from with that. If we break it down into tangible pieces and then give them skills and tools to build it, now we have something that becomes actually truly trainable. That makes complete sense. And when I heard you say that, I said, I have to ask more about that because I do think that that is a really important distinction and also speaks to the things that we tell ourselves that sometimes aren't fully formed and maybe not even fully true, at least in the way that we are talking about them. So I really like that. But I will say, speaking of something tangible, the Perseverance Award, um, I would love to hear (laughs) much more about. I think it is beautiful that that award exists now, but I want to talk about why it is important to reward people and make sure they feel proud about the journey they've gone on coming on the other side. Well, it it was humbling um, because I didn't know it was happening. So that was (laughs) always exciting. Um, It's, I, I think when we see so many of our student athletes go through these trials and tribulations of injury and coming back from it. Um, you know, the, we want to be able to recognize that somehow. And, you know, in our area, sometimes that's, it's hard to do or hard to figure out, you know, cause you also want to keep their medical information private and, you know, they don't always want to share it, which I completely understand and agree with. Um, but we have so many great stories with our student athletes, whether it's from overcoming injury or overcoming one thing or another, those stories need to be told um, because somebody can learn from them, you know? And, um, you know, when you talk about the diversity, the, just the differences of all of our teams and sports and in this, within that, that roster, um, you know, seeing them come through adverse situations it's it's just been cool to be able to kind of put a a tangible aspect to that 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 we haven't had before amazing well congratulations you (laughs) absolutely uh deserve to have that award in your namesake um I saw the photo. I loved it. So (laughs) truly, congrats. Thank you. Um, Last one to end for you all. But, you know, Melanie, this series with LG Transparent Conversations really has the goal of using words and fellowship to shine a light on voices that need to be heard, as well as discussions that need to be had. What do you want people's takeaway to be from this conversation? Um, I think my biggest thing is knowing that it's not okay to be perfect without somebody's help, right? I think um, just ask, putting your ego aside and asking for help, I think, uh, I think I would encourage everyone to, if they haven't, I'll allude to what you said earlier, go see somebody. Go, we all have something that we need to work on. Nobody's perfect. We all have one thing that it's like, oh, itching at it right under our skin, right? And we can't figure it out why or, or what, but, you know, if you go and just talk to somebody, maybe they'll be able to lead you to some of the answers. Maybe they won't have the answers for you. Maybe they won't have the end, oh, well, this is why you're this, right? But they might be able to ask you questions that make you think, oh, now I get it. Like, this, that, w- that was the thing the whole time, and I've been struggling with this for years or months or weeks, I don't know, whatever the, however long the timetable is for that person. But just go and talk to someone. If it doesn't work the first time, go try again. Like, we don't sit up on, on this panel here and say how great it is because we're getting paid to do it or something, right? Like, it's it's real, 
it helps. It's there for a reason. Like it's this new thing because it's so. It, I'm gonna say it's awesome. Like I'm biased, but like it's just great. Like it's this broad thing that like you have no. There's no blueprint to how you're supposed to think or why you're supposed to do certain things. Like it's broad. So go learn about. It. Go learn about it. Like go talk to somebody. Go try to get the answers that you've been searching for. Your for however, however long that you've been thinking about it, right? Just go and try to get the answers. Go talk to somebody that has the wisdom to help you go find the answers yes. yourself. Yes, and that you don't have to be perfect. That right. is an excellent takeaway. What about for you? What would you like someone to take away from this? Um, I would echo Mel's comments, but to use your resources and help build the tools. I mean, college is a learning time, right? You know, we learn about all types of things and um, part of it is building your toolbox to handle things when you're done with your sport, when you're done with your college career. So use your resources, fill up your toolbox so that you can handle different things as life brings them because, you know, you, it, you're always going to come through difficult times. It might not be related to your sport. It could be related to your spouse, to your kids, to whatever. But if you're prepared for that and you have those tools to do it, um, take this time now to take advantage of learning those. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to have you close it out. What do you want people to take from LG Transparent Conversations, Dr. Lee? First of all, the concept of transparent conversations. Let's just start there. Thank you. I think the, the title is really great. I think the work that y'all are doing is important because transparent conversations are the ones that allow us to learn, grow, and heal. So I would start there and thank you for, for that on of your course. end. I think from the other end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this aspect and say on our end as mental health professionals, as mental performance coaches, as all the different things that work in the space that sports psychology is and has become, we have to be more creative with the ways we meet our student athletes and our clients at instead of kind of staying in the traditional box of just this is what we were taught in school and this is how you ask a question and this is what you do when somebody presents with that and get more creative in the ways that we can bring what we do to a diverse population of student athletes and clients that are out there because I think there is a lot on our side that stays kind of um, compartmentalized and this is the way we're supposed to do it because we were taught it in school and training and stuff like that that's not realistic in 2023 and almost 2024. So we have to, as, as the people in that space, be creative in the ways that we offer services, provide services, talk about what we do, educate people on what we do, and increase the kind of the items on the menu that allow them to enter from a bunch of different places so that they can get what they need and we make it easier for them to do that. I think that's kind of the most important thing is how we do that. For sure. Well, you know, I will say one of my main takeaways has really been the beauty of this community that you all have created to support and be supported, to use your voice, to make sure your peers feel seen as well. But then also this idea that you know the mind is also a muscle. It's something that you are working out and that the synergy between mind and body really is real. And it's really important to just use your voice and make sure people, you know, understand the things that you are going through as well so that nobody feels alone. So thank you so much for your time being here. I feel really honored to have participated in this conversation. I am grateful that you showed up and life's good. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of LG Transparent Conversations. For more episodes and to catch up on season one, check out LG Transparent Conversations on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at lg.com slash us slash transparent dash conversations. LG, life's good. <laughs>